so excited to bring the Word of God to you today. For those who don't know me, my name's Sharona, and I really feel God has placed a word in my spirit today. So let's do this. So a blessed life. Who wants to live a blessed life? Yeah. The biblical definition of blessed is it describes a believer as being in an enviable position for receiving God's provisions or God's favour, being an extension of his grace. So who doesn't want to live a blessed life? It's the quietest the church has ever been. (laughs) I love it. So today I'm going to share with you some kingdom principles of God about living a blessed life And I'm confident that if you take hold of these principles and apply them in your own life, that you will experience those blessings from God and live that blessed life. So why am I so confident of this? I've got two reasons. The first reason is because the Word of God says so. And the second reason is I have applied these to my life And I can stand before you and say that I am living a blessed life. God has blessed me. And I am so glad that he called me into his kingdom so long ago. I can't imagine where life would be without him. It's amazing. So the first principle that I want to talk about this morning is one called tithing. Now, I'm never going to apologise for speaking about giving to our God because, first of all, he tells us to do it and, second of all, he, does, he tells us to do it because he wants to bless us. So let's turn in our Bibles to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and we'll see what this tithing means. So Malachi 3 verse 10, and it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So this scripture spells it out so clearly to us. If we give our tithe, and if you're not sure what the word tithe means, it actually means a tenth. So God is asking us to give 10% of our income to him. So if we do that, and if we are obedient in that, there is so much blessing that we can't even contain it. And God invites us to actually test him in this. He's saying, test me, see what I will do. Test me in it. Because he knows that our finances, if he has our finances, he has our heart. Deuteronomy 6.16 says that you must not test the Lord your God. But here in Malachi 3.10, he is saying, I not only give you permission to test me in your giving, I invite you to. Okay, so I want to move on to another scripture here about giving, and that's Luke 6, verse excuse me. Luke 6, verse 38. 
So Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So this is what Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. Now, I've, I love this scripture. I love an analogy about pressed down, shaken together and running over. We all know how it feels, the disappointment you feel when you open that large bag of chips and find it to be 50% air, if not more. I remember once I used to catch the train into the city and this was a long time ago, but quite often in the Adelaide train station, there'd be people giving out free samples. Now, I'm one of those people that loves a free sample. I'm not ashamed to line up for my free sample. And this time, they were giving out um, the, the brand new grain waves. So, you know, this was a long time ago. And they're giving out these little sample packets. So, I thought it would be a sample packet a bit like what you would send with your kids to school, like about that size. And I thought, oh, no, Scott wanted to try these two. I'll wait till I get home and I'll share it with him. That was a huge mistake. I opened it. There was three, three grain waves. Well, God is not like Smith's chips. Yeah, whatever brand you like. Um, you open the packet and then he presses it down so that it's only a little bit down the bottom. Then he pours more in, shakes it. All the little bits go to the bottom, presses it down, pours more in, shakes it. He makes sure that that chip packet is as full as it possibly can be to the point where it is running over. That is the heart of our Father. He is a God who gives and gives generously. He's not into three grain waves. <laughs> so I said earlier that I'm confident that if you give, it will be given to you, that if you tithe, the, um, there will be an open heaven above you and you will experience blessing. And I said there was two reasons. One, and that's because it's the word of God. Who believes in the word of God here? We're in the right place. Excellent. Because this is powerful. And if we follow what it says in here, God is going to do amazing things in our lives. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword. Isn't that incredible? It's alive, the Word of God. God created the world with his words. Words are our weapon. It says a double-edged sword. The Word of God is our weapon. We can use it. We can say, hey, God, you said that if I give, you will give to me. So I'm coming before you and asking in the name of Jesus. You can use the word of God. So the other reason why I'm confident that if you apply this to your life is because I have experienced it myself. When I was 15, I became a Christian here at um, Freedom Church. It was called Eagle Rise Christian City Church back then and we met in a, um, in a hall in Greenwith. And I remember them talking about tithing and I grew up in a what's called a Dutch Reformed church and it was never spoken about 
tithing. I'd never heard of it before. We used to just pass along the bags and put our money in. Mum would give me 20 cents and I'd put it in. And I thought that was the deal. You give your loose change to God. And um, so when I became a Christian, I, I talked to Pastor Ian. He was our um, youth pastor, sorry, youth um, leader at the time. And I said, what, what is this all about, this tithing? What does it mean? Is this something I'm meant to do? And he went through it with me in the Bible and I just said, that's absolutely fine. I will tithe. The Bible tells me to tithe. I'm going to tithe. I believe in God. And um, that was an extremely easy decision to make because my income was zero. <laughs> I didn't have a job. Like, essentially, I was giving 100% of zero, really. <laughs> and, but I said to God, I'm like, God, I want to give to you. I want to tithe. To do that, I need a job. And I had had a job before that when I was 14 working at Chicken Adventure in the Elizabeth Food Court. And um, it was quite funny. You had me on a Thursday night working there and also a girl named Macarena. So you had Sharona and Macarena working together. And um, we'd wear our name badges and everyone thought we were just messing around and we made them up. But no, it was true. And <laughs> but um, it, the, the business had changed hands and so I didn't have the job anymore. And then as soon as I had prayed about getting a job, my sister, who worked at Country Fair Bakehouse, just two doors down, um, said to me, she's like, oh, I heard that they're wanting someone to work at Chicken Adventure again. So I just went up there and I said, oh, hi, I'm Sharona. I used to work here and I heard you need someone again. Can I work for you? Like, yeah, okay, come and have a trial. <laughs> and so I got a job. So that was awesome. I was working four hours a week and I was tithing. And then I turned 16 and I started doing driving lessons and that was completely the rest of my money, it was tithe and driving lessons and I had nothing to spare. And I said, God, I kind of need a bit more, please. <laughs> I really just need one more shift a week. If I could work Saturdays, that would be great. And then that Thursday night, my boss said, uh, are you able to work Saturdays as well? Yes, that would be great. And so then I started tithing and I have tithed faithfully my whole life since then. And I have experienced, I've never been in lack. I have never had to worry about where the next meal is coming from. God has always been faithful to me. I've always had enough. There was one time where, so it doesn't mean that my life has always been extremely easy. I'm not saying that. A blessed life does not mean that everything comes easy to you. And we went through a really tough year. Scott was very sick and wasn't able to work. And um, I had to work full time while we had a young child. And um, we had an investment property and the tenant wasn't paying their rent. And we were starting to struggle a little bit. But, you know, I took God at his word. And I had three bills and it equaled $1,500. And so I went online and I was like, oh, I better pay something. And I looked and I had $900. So, you know, you don't need to be a mathematician to realise that that's not going to work. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll just pay one of the bills and then I'll have to save the other two for maybe next week. And so um, I paid that one bill. Now, this was late on a Friday night. And then as soon as that went, I went back to check my balance 
and you would expect that your balance would reduce after paying a bill, but somehow it had gone up significantly. I'm like, what the heck? And back then, you didn't get um, any transactions outside of business hours. The money would go in the next day. It's not like that now, but I'm talking a while ago, we were, it would be the next business day it would go in. But somehow, around between 9 and 10 o'clock on a Friday night, my tenant had decided to pay and I got exactly 1500 put in my bank account. I'm like, that's exactly what I needed for these bills. So, I paid all the bills and still had my $900. And <laughs> so, I was like, God, you are amazing. I, I needed that right then. And... Um, and God was faithful, Scott got better and he got the right job for him and things picked up from there. So, it was all good. And like I said, I have faithfully tithed but there was one period uh, a few years back that I wasn't tithing but didn't realise it. Like Mel was saying about how there's a lot of faithful online givers. I am one of those online givers. I just set my bank account to, you know, each fortnight send this and set and forget sort of thing, because I want God to be first. I want it to just come out straight away when my pay comes in. And, um, and so, that's almost like the first thing I pay when I get my money is my tithe goes to God. And the church changed bank details. And so, I stopped my fortnightly tithe going out and I thought I had started it with the new bank account. And this went on for quite some time. I thought I was tithing, but I wasn't. And um, quite a, a, thing, a few things happened, like our um, air conditioner broke down, so that was a few thousand dollars to replace. And then our car broke down, and that was a few thousand dollars. And, and I, I remember saying to Scott, I'm like, oh, we've taken a bit of a hit lately, but that's all right. You know, it's the, the money will start coming back up again and, and that. And... It's funny because we were working the same hours, spending the same, and yet our, our savings was not increasing like it should have and like it always had before. And I'm like, what is going on here? Why, why aren't we getting ahead? We should be getting ahead, but we're not. Like, what's going on? And really, if you look at it from a worldly perspective, we should have been getting ahead more because I was having an extra 10% going into that bank that I didn't even really realise. And then it actually dawned on me. I'm like, I was looking through my transactions. I'm like, there's no tithe coming out. And it hadn't been for about six months. And I'm like, oh, no. And I, um, I spoke to the person who handled the finances at church and I'm like, can you please tell me when I last put a tithe in? And yeah, it did work out to be about six months. And I, I said to Scott, I'm like, I just have to pay that six months worth of tithe. I have to. And um, I said, oh, we're never going to get ahead. I've, and so, so I'm like, we're already feeling like our bank account's going a bit low. And then I send out this huge lump sum. I'm like, well, you know, that is God's. That's not mine. I can't hold on to that. And then amazingly afterwards the bank account started rising again and nothing had changed except I was giving more. <sighs> so, it just, I, I'm actually glad that we went through that because it just really even proved to me even further how important tithing is and what that principle is about. So, I know that God gives and he gives abundantly and I know that he's done this for me 
But how can we know that he will do the same for you? I'd like you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, please. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And this is Paul who wrote this book. And he says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, this same God who has blessed me will also bless you and take care of all of your needs in his glorious riches. Notice that it, I feel like there's a bit of a mistake there. Shouldn't it be supply all your wants from his glory? No, he says he will supply all your needs. And I remember... Um, this was not that long ago, actually. I, some friends at work were putting together a cross-lotto syndicate and they said, oh, can you come into it, Sharona? It's just $2 a fortnight. And I'm like, oh, okay, um, $2, I don't care and, and stuff. And so I was in this lotto thing and I found myself, because I've never done anything like that before, and I found myself seeing the big number and thinking, oh, imagine what I would do if I won that. And then Oh, imagine each week, and because he never won, you know, the, I knew the chances were so small. And I felt God say to me really clearly, do not rely on the world to meet your needs. Rely on me. And so I had to go up to the friend at work and I just said, look, I know that you don't really believe in God, but I do. And God has spoken to me and um, he's basically said that I need to put my faith and my reliance upon him and not to be thinking about things like winning cross lotto and stuff. So I'm going to have to step out of the syndicate. She's like, oh, okay, no worries. So I'm hoping that was some sort of good message to her. I've got no idea how she took it. But um, this moves into the next point, which is about our motives for giving to God. And that's a little bit like what Mel was talking about this morning. So, if we can go to James chapter 4, please. So, we're going to read James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. And it says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So our motives for giving to God should not be transactional. It should not be, I'm going to give you this, God, so you need to give me this. It's not like we are purchasing a blessing from God. That's not how it works. We can't have this transactional relationship. It needs to be a relational motivation. So it's based on the relationship we have with God and it's an expression of our trust, our faith and our love for him. So we should tithe 
to God out of obedience. God gives us everything anyway. He's given us the 100%. He's gracious enough to only ask for the 10%. That belongs to him. That's not ours. That 10% is his. And so we tithe because we are obedient and because we fear God and want to honour him. That is our motivation behind tithing. And then if we want to give more above a tithe, that's called an offering. And that should come out of a place of just love for God. So we've got our tithe, which is our obedience, and we do that out of fear. Offering is our choice, and we do that out of love. And God says that when we have this way of thinking, if we grasp this principle, he will bless us abundantly. As Christians, we should be seeking the face of God more than we are seeking the hand of God. We should be seeking to know him more, to want to be in his presence, to deepen our relationship with him more than just coming to him with the shopping list of what we would want this week and what's going on. Do you find sometimes your prayers can be more about you've got a list of things that you want or is it more, God, I just want to wait in your presence and I want to hear from you. So we need to seek the face of God more than the hand of God. And there's nothing wrong with asking God for your needs. But if that is all you are doing, then you're not deepening that relationship with him. And God wants to bless you. I want you to turn with me to another scripture. This one's in Psalms, Psalm 37. So Psalm 37, verses 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. A few nights ago, we were sitting down to have dinner as a family and my son James said to me, Mum, if you had three wishes, what would you wish for? And I said to him, Mum, I thought, I did see this as a teaching opportunity, you know. And I'm like, well, you know what? I don't know what I would wish for because God has already given me everything that I've ever truly wanted. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the things that I've prayed about the most and have re- what my real heart's desire has always been is to have a husband, children and a nice home. And I have those things, you know, I waited and God gave them to me. And so I don't really need three wishes And he's like, oh, okay, I think it put a bit of a dampener on his game, but I'm hoping it meant something. (laughs) Um, But this word actually says, he will give you your heart's desire. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. God loves you and he wants you to have your heart's desire. He's our heavenly father. And he longs to give good gifts to his children and he wants your life to be blessed. As I was praying over this word this morning, 
I felt God had a word for some people here today. And that's where you may have given up on your heart's desire. You have prayed about it, but you haven't seen it come to fruition yet and you've given up on it. And God wants to say to you right now, don't give up. Don't give up on whatever it is that is really in your heart. Don't give up. Keep seeking. Keep praying. Keep believing. Too many people get disappointed when God doesn't answer their prayer straight away and they leave the faith. But God wants to see your faith. It is faith that moves the heart of God. So keep going. Keep praying. Don't give up. That is a word for you. If you have given up on one of your heart's desires and it seems like God has taken too long, don't give up. And I want you to really meditate on this next scripture. Maybe write this down if that's you. And tonight when you're at home, meditate on this scripture. It's Matthew 7 verses 7 to 11. So Matthew 7, verses 7 to 11. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents... If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? God wants you to have the desires of your heart. And, you know, God has given me the desires of my heart, but I'm not going to stand here and say that came easy. It wasn't just I asked God once and, bing, there's the perfect husband for you. No, I actually found that a really challenging time in my life of being single and, and praying and trying to work out who the right person for me was and, and stuff. And then I really sought God in who to marry And I gave it to him and I waited patiently and I kept praying and praying and God gave it to me. And then we had trouble having children. I had miscarriages, but I kept praying and believing and God gave me those desires of of my heart. And he is no respecter of persons. If he's done it for me, he will do it for you too. Nothing is impossible for our God. So don't give up. Don't give up on those heart's desires. God wants to give good gifts to his children. So, just in conclusion, it is clear from the scriptures that we've read today that God wants us to live a blessed life. He wants it. He wants to bless us so much that we can't even contain it. He wants to pour those blessings over us. And the keys to opening these blessings in our life is first, we need to be obedient to God in giving to him, to give him what belongs to him. And by doing that, 
we are putting him first and that's where he deserves to be. He deserves to be first. And secondly, we need to make sure that when we are both giving to God and also asking from God, that we are doing it with the right motives, that it's out of our relationship with God, out of our love for God and knowing that he is our father that wants to give us good gifts. And the third point is to be persistent and patient in seeking God for what we need, knowing that he is our loving father and wants to give good gifts to his children. So I just want to ask right now, if we can all just close our eyes for a minute and bow our heads. I want to give an opportunity this morning for, for two things especially. In a, in a couple of minutes, we're going to open up this altar. And if you have given up on your heart's desire and you want to bring that before God this morning, I invite you to come forward and to just just love on God. Just say, God, this is what I want. I love you. You're my heavenly Father. You know the desires of my heart. And just worship Him. And I'd love to pray with you and agree with you for that heart's desire. But also, I want to give an opportunity this morning as there may be people here that have never known God as their loving Father and have never made that decision to follow Him. So while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, if that's you this morning and you want to make a decision for God, if you want to follow Him, I want to ask you to raise your hand right now to be brave, to put your hand up just so I can see it because I really want to pray with you. So if that's you today, just put your hand up now and I'll pray for you because uh, the, my most favourite thing is to lead people into a relationship with God because I know how much that's changed my life and I love that God can do so much for you too. So just one more moment. If that's you, just put your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else want to join? Okay. Well, then I want to ask if we can all repeat this prayer for that person who raised their hand to invite Jesus into our lives. So just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. That's awesome. That's fantastic, church. I just want to invite you to stand with me now. We're going to open this altar for anyone who wants to come forward for prayer. If it's you and you want to pray for that heart's desire that you've given up, I'd love to pray with you. Or anyone who wants to come forward for healing. We have a God who loves, a God who heals, a God who provides our every need. He, in fact, it's actually His name. One of His names is Jehovah Jireh which means our provider. One of His names is Jehovah Rapha, which means our healer. 
So it's not just that he does heal. It's not that he does give for our needs or provide. That's who he is. He is a healer. He is our provider. So if you want prayer, come forward now while we sing this song. I'd love to pray with you.